On today's Question of Faith, are territorial parishes still a thing? Hey everybody, this is Question of Faith. I am Mike Hayes. I am the Director of Young Adult Ministry in the Diocese of Cleveland. I'm Father Damian Ferrance, the Vicar for Evangelization. And I am Francine Costantini, the Director of the Office of Youth Ministry. Francine's got her little newsy hat on today. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's cool. raining. I got my Irish hat on. It was hailing when I was driving in before. I was like, uh-oh. Winter's, winter's here. And I normally do not wear a hat in the building, but because the Guardians are playing the Yanks tonight at 4.07, I am wearing a Guardians hat, and so is my case. Yes, I normally don't wear a hat in the building either, but I normally do wear a hat, usually a baseball-like hat most of the time. And we were encouraged by HR yes. to wear the yeah. Guardians colors uh, any day that we're in a game. So we wore them yesterday, we got rained out, and we're back. Yes, I didn't wear them yesterday. I, mean, I forget why I didn't wear it yesterday, but I, I have my Willie Mays Hayes jersey. Yet. So, you know, you, you really shouldn't. It's kind of lame to wear a jersey, like put your own name on it on the back. But this is legit because it's not me. It's Willie <laughs> Mays Hayes. It's just, we just happen to have the same last name. It's true. From the Major League movie. A lot of cussing in that movie, but it's still fun. And, it's true. And good. Yeah. Anyway, territorial parishes is what we're talking about today. And uh, so is that still a thing? Um, you know, when I first moved here, I asked one of my, my old students who lives here, I said, so where should I go to church? And she said, and she also lives in Lakewood, so I figured we're in the same territory, and we are. And so, well, she said, we went to St. Chris's in Rocky River. She said, but we went there because that's where we went to school. And said, but it's a great parish. You should just go over. And when I went over, Father John Klebo like had my my wife and I sit down in the rectory, and gave us such a good welcome. We couldn't not go there at the end of that. And so that was re- that was really a lot of fun. And um, that's where we that's where we ended up going. And is that our territorial parish? When I put it into the search on the diocesan website, it said that my territorial parish was Transfiguration. Oh really? In which is, yeah, which which is an ethnic parish though, which I know now, which I didn't know then. Is it still? It was. It was formerly Saint Cyril yeah. and Methodius, which is a nationality parish which has no boundaries. That's yeah. That's what I was. I was wondering if that was the case or not. Um, but we did we did go there once just to see, and we're like, okay, we're 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 the youngest people here, and there doesn't seem like there's a lot of ministries going on here that we'd want to get involved in. So we're going to stick with St. Chris's. Mm-hmm. So that's how we decided. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and territorial parishes are still a thing. So you know, Francine, I think you were saying, yeah, I before. I think I think territorial parishes are so important. So um, for those who don't know what we mean, um, each parish is in a geographical spot and the geographical territory around that parish is delineated by the diocese and um, the pastor of that parish is responsible for all the souls who live in that territory not just for the catholics who attend that church and so i think it's of vital importance because that that parish is um is bound to do ministry to the folks there and to to bring jesus to them right and not just the Catholic souls. Right, right. It's, it's all the souls. Like during the Synod, uh, St. Luke's in Lakewood, they they went around a couple of the businesses in the area and talked to them. They did, they did a nice job. They, they were saying, yeah, well, you know, well, we're, you know, we're looking at all of you. You know, we care about you, and we want to know what you think about us. You right, know? right. At our parish, um, so I belong to St. Barnabas in Northfield. And our um, parish administrator, Father James Culway, has been talking a lot in the last, um, really the last few months about 
how are we going to reach all the souls in our territory and how it's the job of everyone who's sitting in the pews to to go out and, and talk to their neighbors mm. and invite them invite them in. So another pastor in the diocese, Father Chris Zaruka, who's the pastor of St. Bernard, St. Mary's in Akron, calls me the uh, the how does he say it? That you you quote the joy of the gospel more than any other priest in the in the diocese, and that may be the case. That's true. So let me quote now from Article Twenty Eight. This is what Pope Francis says: The parish is not an outdated institution, precisely because it possesses great flexibility. It can assume quite different contours depending on the openness and missionary creativity of the pastor and his community, which is what you were just saying, Francine. While certainly not the only institution which evangelizes, if the parish proves capable of self-renewal and constant adaptivity, it continues to be the church living in the midst of the homes of her sons and daughters. This presumes that it is in contact with the homes and the lives of its people and does not become a useless structure out of touch with its people or a self-absorbed group made up of a chosen few. The parish is the presence of the church in a given territory, an environment for hearing God's word, for growth in the Christian life, for dialogue, proclamation, charitable outreach, worship, and celebration. In all its activities— the parish encourages and trains its members to be evangelizers. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yes. That the point of the parish is to make disciples and then send them out to make more disciples, right? Right. Yeah. In yeah. particular territories. Right. In particular territories. That's right. Yeah. That's the way it works, right? Yeah. I, I often say to people, did, did you give your local church a chance? If, like, if you decide to go somewhere else, if you decide to say, well, this, this, this just isn't working for me. Um, did did you ever even just bother to go, or did you just say, "Oh yeah, I heard about this parish down the street, so I went there"? You know, and um, a lot of people have told me that they they thought that was good advice, and so they walked into their territorial parish and they found like a gem that they didn't know was there. They're like, "I don't know why I never walked in here before." You know, and it's similar to some. We had this discussion yesterday, our formation meeting mm-hmm. on our floor. When it comes to mass. Sometimes people will think, I'm going to Mass, I didn't get anything out of it. Well, you have to put something into it. And the same is true of your own parish. So you're going to be active. It's not just about going to Mass on Sunday, although that is an important part of it. It's about being active in the life of that parish. And whatever gifts you have, bring them there and see how they can be used. Yeah. Catholic author Rene LaRue, who used to work with me at Busted Halo, her and her husband Jim were living in uh, Columbus, and she said that she was like, oh, yeah, well, we'll go to this parish. And I was like, well, wait a minute. What are you talking about? We'll go to this parish. And he was like, there's, there's one up the street. And she was like, yeah, but this parish is really good over here. And he was like, no, no, no. He said, if that parish isn't any good over there, he said, then we should do what we can to Let's try to make, make that parish good. better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And I know – a lot of teens who've been inspired by um, com- youth conferences and who, or even summer camps like Damascus Catholic Mission Campus, um, teens who've gone to Catholic youth summer camp there who didn't have much of a youth ministry at their parish and they went home and they started youth ministry at their parish. Teens who went to the Life Teen Leadership Conference who went home and, and like dove into either their parish or their school and got something started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know many teens who would go on retreat or a conference or to camp and then would say, man, I've never experienced mass like this. I felt like I was in it. I understood it. I was being fed. Now I've got to go back to my parish. And I would say, yes, go back to your parish and go to daily mass Mm -hmm. and start showing up there and see what happens. And oftentimes 
when the older retired folks, which those are people that can mostly attend mass,、mm-hmm. see young people there before school, that gives them energy. And then there's this great synergy that takes place because people are taking ownership and being active in their parish, in a place where a lot of times they don't think, "Gosh, can can I do this?" They need a little bit of encouragement. Yeah, go do something at your home your home parish. Yeah, you know? I think we were talking about this in our formation meeting the other day too. Is they said that、um, how they put it? Someone someone said that.、Um, You know, when the, when the pastoral leader is out in front, that trickles down to everybody、mm-hmm. else. True. What happens when the pastoral leader isn't out in front? You know, when when the pastor's you know maybe on his last legs, waiting to retire, right? And he's like, "Well, I'm not going to start anything new," or、right. you know, all those kinds of things. That also has an effect. But I said, "But you no, know, it's not all about the pastor." I said, "You know, you bear some responsibility for this also. You know, what are you doing to make your parish better?、Mm-hmm. You know, and I said, you know, give the pastor some energy, will you? <laughs> you know, yeah. The, the church is hierarchical. It's also synodal. It's、yeah. also grassroots, and those two are not mutually exclusive, and they assist each other and play off each other. And I can tell you, when you find lay folks in the parish who are excited with a lot of energy, that gives the priest a lot of、yeah. excitement and energy too. And it, And that goes back and forth. And so, some of the, I think, some of the responsibility that we bear sometimes is criticism, right? You know, I, I think like priests and deacons have told me、um, that a lot of times they say, "Look, you know, I, I had a bad day today, and I know my homily wasn't stellar at mass today." And so, but when people are going out, they just, you know, they just kind of shook my hand. Oh, that was very good, Father. That was very good, Deacon. And he goes, "And I know I wasn't good today." And he goes, "I'd much rather say, you know what." You were you were awful today. <laughs> you really mailed that one in, you know. And he said, and he said, you know, my ego will take a hit for that. But you know, as I study for the diaconate, I think the same thing. I was like, you know, if I wasn't any good, I think I want people to tell me. I've been doing these enactments, and I've、yeah. been saying to people, "Hey, do I look legit here?" You know, I think、mm-hmm. I said to you, right, Francis? I said、mm-hmm. to you and your husband, and said, "Hey, do I look legit in this?" And、um, and I would really like someone to say, no, you looked awful. Like if you really did, you know, or if just to be honest, you know, I、yeah. think I appreciate honesty, and I think most priests to help make us too, better make for us the better. purpose of making us right, better, not、yeah. the purpose of dragging us down. Yeah, or being well, we mean. We need that. Yeah, well, right. Well, what happens sometimes is you do prepare, and the homily still doesn't come together, and、yeah. it's a dog, and you <laughs> feel like, man, I I didn't mail it in, but it it wasn't any good. And then someone will come and say,、yeah. "Father, it was like you were talking right to me." And that's the humility that the Lord and the Holy Spirit、yeah. are working through you. What did what did Bishop Perez used to say? With you, something, and then despite you, right?、Uh, the Holy Spirit is working with. I don't know what his phrase was, or something、yeah. like that. But sometimes the Holy Spirit is at work, and you think you had a dog, and it winds up being great. And then the others, true to you, you like that was awesome. People are like, eh, nah. so yeah. <laughs> not so much, yeah. Or or there, there's a piece of of. Your homily that you think is really, really great in the main message, and someone will take a completely different、mm-hmm. message away. Still good, you know. They still got,、yeah. they still came away with something that really fed them. But you're like, well, I didn't intend that. That really wasn't what I said. I don't think. Did I say that? You know,、yeah. it's that kind、yeah. of thing. It's funny, you know. Yeah. But、um, the the other thing about territorial parishes is a lot of times、um, the school's a factor. For sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, if, if you're if you're going to a parish, if you if you go to a parish school, maybe your parish doesn't have a school, but maybe the parish up the block does, and that's where you send your kids. And the question becomes, well, do we get involved there, or do we get involved in our territorial parish?、And、My classmate, Father John Betters, is the delegate to the bishop on this、uh, keeping the faith initiative,、yeah. which is taking a look at 
our Catholic schools in the Diocese of Cleveland and, and trying to see that even if you don't have a school connected to your parish, that your parish is somehow connected formally to a school. Yeah. So that's that's in the works now too. But yeah, you're right. A lot of things are factors. I grew up being members of two parishes because of my Slovak grandparents. We were at St. Wendelin, which is a nationality parish without borders or boundaries. And because I lived three blocks from St. Charles in Parma, we were also parishioners there. We mostly went to St. Wendelin growing up until I was in high school. Then I got more active at St. Charles. But yeah, there's just weird situations sometimes too. Yeah, the last parish that I was assigned to for field work when I was in Buffalo was my territorial parish actually, where where I was where I was not a member because I worked at the other parish <laughs> down the street, and um, one of the things that he that um, the pastor was doing at the time was that he had this big school, but they noticed that most of the parents of the school were not members of the parish, and the question was, well, do they go anywhere? Or do they, or do they go to another parish? And so he did a study and found out that most of them don't go anywhere. And so he was hiring someone to work with the school to sort of evangelize the school parents and just the school parents. That was their only assignment. So they put together a big kind of mm. marketing plan and a whole bunch of other things to evangelize the school parish. And then all of a sudden, people started going. So it was good. It was intentional. It was, cool. and it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I I also think. You know, certainly we're encouraging folks to check out their territorial parish, but I also think it's important that if um, if you're not being fed there, particularly yeah. like with youth ministry, if there's nothing happening at at your home yeah. parish for for youth ministry, then go find a place where yeah. it is happening. Yeah, go where you're fed. Yeah, the same with young adults. I think with people in the 20s and 30s is that they'll they'll go to a parish and there's no one there who's their age and things just seem very unfamiliar to them and and they might need a little place that does a little more you know catechesis from time to time if they're if they're coming especially if they're coming back to the church mm-hmm. you know and so they they try to go where they they at least see some faces that are at least close to their age that they can kind of relate to i know that uh, when i was at st mary's in hudson because we had a very vibrant youth ministry program we would pool from neighboring parishes and I know I was talking to Father Ryan Mann recently, pastor of St. Basil, and he has a great youth program at St. Mm-hmm. Basil. But I asked him, do you have young adult? He says, no, because Columkill right down the street, St. Right. Columkill does mm-hmm. catching fire. So we figure we'll send our young adults there. And I don't know if Columkill has a youth program, but some of the parishes around St. Basil will send to St. Basil. And I, I think that's pretty good. So you have your territorial places. But you can't be great at everything. Most right. places right. can't. So you figure out who's good at what, and then you you, you think more on a diocesan level, collaborating. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. We were talking about that when I was doing like some. You know, I I was sort of like a consultant to dioceses at one point in my life, and and I I made that suggestion to them. I said, could there be one parish that does really good marriage prep? Like, what's the thing that your parish does that they do better than everybody else does? You know. And was, you know, could one parish do marriage prep? Could one place be a center for young adults? Could one place be a center for youth? And we, can we think about designing a territory that way? And people were kind of intrigued by that idea. Mm-hmm. So I, kn- I know two parishes who one parish does um, middle school youth ministry, and the oh, other parish does high school youth ministry. And they they the, those two youth ministers work together towards that's that. Great. Yeah. Yeah. More of that, please. And then the youth ministers aren't overwhelmed by right. having to do both either, right? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it works. Cool. Um, yeah, good preaching, good music, 
good welcome. Those are things all parishes should do well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you have found a parish, and one of the parishes that uh, we have found is uh, St. Mary in Painesville. And by the way, tonight, Theology on Tap, we're, we're recording this on Tuesday, uh, the 18th. Yep. St. Luke yeah. Day. St. Luke's, yes. yeah. Happy feast day to uh, Max Hall, who's a young adult person over at St. Luke's, and Father Kevin Elbert, the pastor. And all artists, since oh, St. Right. Luke is the patron saint of artists. There's a great statue of St. Luke with a uh, yeah. palette and a, a paintbrush at St. Luke's in Lake. Yeah, I love that statue, yeah. Um, that's where I did field it last year. And so... Um, Deacon Dave Honatsky is going to be the speaker at Theology on Tap tonight, which will start immediately after the Guardians game tonight. <laughs> that's sort of that. That's sort of just great that <laughs> the it Guardians is. are playing at four o'clock, and we get the we get the the spot right after it. So, uh, so if you're going to watch a Guardians game at Forest City Brewery tonight uh, or this afternoon, really at at four o'clock, uh, stick around and uh, you can listen to. Um, Having a missionary heart, what it means to have a missionary heart with uh, Deacon Dave Honatsky tonight. Deacon Dave Honatsky was my parishioner when I was in Hudson, mm. and it was the first first communion I ever gave. Oh, and wow, really? he was really? the first in line. And I have a picture of that, which is pretty cool, because God willing, he's a deacon now, will be ordained in May, which is pretty rad. But mm-hmm. good guy, um, smart guy, and he's very engaging in his in his uh, preaching teaching style. So. Yeah, so I got he, to hear him um, sing the Exaltet at the Easter Vigil at oh, St. Nice. Mary's um, this past year, and he did a phenomenal job. Yeah, cool. And he was a speaker at the Synod, and that, that was why he we was. we chose him to mm-hmm. to be a speaker for this tonight. We we really liked what we had to, what he had mm-hmm. to say, so we said let's grab him and see if he could do this. So he's speaking tonight. He's also uh, at St. Mary's in Painesville. And that's where, that's where you heard him preach the Exalted, I'm assuming. Right? I heard him preach the Exalted ah. at his home parish oh, at St. Mary's in, in Hudson. Ah, gotcha. So he's at St. Mary's in Painesville. What do we know about that parish? Well, I was a deacon out there. So oh, the community is pretty split between um, English speakers and Spanish speakers. Father Steve Alenga has been pastor there since, I want to say, 97 or 94, former Salvador missionary, um, good man, mm-hmm. uh, Lo- the Hispanic community is booming there. I think they have well over 100 baptisms a year. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it's close to the center of town, and the parish has been there a long, long time. I think it's one of the oldest parishes in the diocese, um, pretty much like the, the center of uh, Lake County, I think, mm-hmm. right, in terms of the maybe the first parish in Lake County. Yeah. I think. Nice. Cool. All right, so that's St. Mary's in Painesville. And so uh, if uh, you're checking out parishes there, that's the one that you can go to. And then uh, our gospel this week is uh, from the Gospel of Luke. Jesus addressed this parable to those who were convinced of their own righteousness and despised everyone else. Once again, nice guys. <laughs> um, two people went up to the temple area to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee took up his position and spoke this prayer to himself. Oh, God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of humanity, greedy, dishonest, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I pay tithes on my whole income. But the tax collector stood off at a distance and would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast and prayed, Oh, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, the latter went home justified, not the former. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. That's the whole gospel for this week. It yeah. wasn't very long, so I said, let's just go for it. It's a constant temptation, I think, for the Christian, once you've experienced conversion, mm. to then start 
seeing yourself as independent and I've kind of got this figured out now, rather than always recognizing we're in complete need of God's mercy mm. and uh, and looking on others as having that same need yeah. constantly. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. The, the part of this gospel that's interesting to me is that you know, he, he's pointing out how not humble the Pharisee is, right? And then when we look at that and, and we start to see maybe other people in our lives who are not humble, we're saying, oh, there's that Pharisee over there. But then you've caught yourself. Right. Now and you're the, the Pharisee. Finger goes back at you, yeah. <laughs> it's true. A, a vicious cycle, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know? And so that's the Gospel of Luke. And uh, so maybe check out your territorial parish this week if you haven't done that already. Yeah, know. or haven't done it in a while and say, yeah. let's see what's going on here. Yeah, maybe things have changed if you went in there. You know, and I always say, don't make one decision on a parish because you went once. You know, go a couple times. You can't catch the flavor of it yeah. one time. <laughs> yeah, and pray to the Holy Spirit before you enter into the church doors and say, Holy Spirit, make me open and see what's going on here and see what you're calling me to. And uh, then respond. And no matter where you go to church, know that you can catch us here each and every week on Question of Faith.